You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I'm Gemma, I help connect business with tech talent and today I'm your host. Today I'm joined with Katia, Nadim and Danilo to discuss the hybrid system of work. As usual, we'll start by going around the room and introducing each other. Katia, would you like to go first? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Katja Bregenzer. I'm an engineering manager at Lime Technologies, a product company that is building CRM software. And a passion of mine, especially in the role as a manager, is to um, teach and see growth in, in, my, in my teammates. Perfect. Thank you. And then Danilo? Of course. So my name is Danilo. I'm a Brazilian that moved to Stockholm with my wife, two cats and a dog. I work at uh, Bill Hop as software development uh, team lead. Bill Hop is uh, a product that allows you to pay like invoices with your credit card. And uh, in my free time, I like to play the guitar and the drums. Perfect. And last but by no means least, Nadim. Hi, everybody. My name is Nadim. Uh, I'm a mechanics and design engineering manager at AirTeam, which means that I drive the team that develops pretty much everything physical about the the products uh, at our company. Um, A great passion of mine is uh, similar to Katja's, and maybe you'll see that in my questions. It's very much about um, teaching and inspiring um, people within the field um, and how, how we can generally create uh, resources that develop great products and great solutions that create value. I think that's really important to me. So very process heavy in in a sense. Perfect. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for those introductions. What we'll do next is we'll make our way around the room and you guys will all have a chance to introduce your questions and share your opinions on all of the elements we're talking about. Um, Nadine, we're going to come straight back to you for you to kick off the conversation. All right. Yeah. So I think um, with uh, especially with with uh, all the stuff that's been going on in the world and we see this increase in in hybrid work uh, setups and it becoming increasingly normal and accepted. I think one of the things that we that we see is that because people are sitting in so separate locations, some permanently, some intermittently, it can very quickly uh, feel um, like people can very quickly feel isolated uh, and it's harder to eavesdrop, join conversations, uh, water cooler talk, you know, overhear, uh, you know, stuff that's going around in your team uh, because you're not sitting at the same physical uh, desk or island or room or whatever it is. Um, so so sometimes uh, it actually increases uh, the sense of of. of uh, feeling lonely and maybe not feeling part of something bigger. So some of my questions um, uh, are related to that. I think one of the things that's that's top of mind for me is uh, is how how do we ensure inclusion and like a social cohesion in in both your own team but also across teams. Right, you 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 do talk to your own team uh, uh, periodically, but then it becomes even 
a, a b- even bigger challenge to make sure that the social cohesion extends across your team. Uh, if either your team is remote or another team is remote or you know, there's a mix of, of, of that uh, in a hybrid setting. So how do you ensure that inclusion uh, and, and social cohesion between colleagues? Danilo, would you like to start? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, regarding like inclusion, uh, given given we have like some days at the office, some days, you know, like uh, working remotely, uh, not every time we can like make sure, for example, let's say we have uh, an environment where we can say, like, okay, Tuesdays is like office day. So we go there. I mean, sometimes people are working from home, although it's uh, an office day. So uh, regarding inclusion, what I, I I like to do is like to always assume that uh, the remote setup is needed. So it's of, like oftentimes like uh, we have like the team talking through like Slack or Google Meet or something like this, although the most of the people are at the office, for example, or um when I, i'm let's say we're planning like some like discovery sessions or something that is like you know like uh super connected to um communication and collaboration we also like always use like i don't know virtual uh, whiteboards as you know like miro or things like this jamboards because then although we can have like for example whiteboard in a in a in a room uh it's not every it's different it's different so since people are used to use like these virtual tools we i tend to always assume that this is the way to go although the most of the people are perhaps in the in the room i think this is uh the the first uh, thing but regarding like um people like the connection between people and uh, how perhaps it can be sparked i i really don't know i need to think about it i i i, I never thought about it to be honest it's yeah yeah um yeah so i think from for me one of the points that i'm trying to do in my team is to have actual mandatory office days like not many but they are there so because i noticed that that helps a lot with with inspiration, with motivation, with socializing. And also that like, if you know each other well enough, it's easier for them when they are remote to to reach out to each other and and use um, online tools to communicate. So like uh, we have a new cycle uh, iteration that starts every roughly six weeks. And that is for us one of the most obvious kick uh, office days. So we have a kickoff, we have an after work in the end, and and like that's a day where I really expect everyone to be in, and it really helps with team building, with yeah coming together as a group. Um, otherwise, I also I think it's part of the autonomy that I want to give my team in terms of whether or not they they prefer to. Uh, work at the office or at home uh, to to really come to the office if their home environment makes them feel lonely. So like uh, that's that's kind of part of the deal in terms of like what you prefer. Um, another thing that I was thinking about when I read your questions was uh, the um, we had a bit of an update on our organizational communication that we were doing, that we are doing at, at Lime. 
um, outside of what we're doing in the team. And uh, I think part of that helps this, this kind of inspirational thing as well, where we have um, a monthly newsletter, basically just with a couple of short updates from each department uh, that I think just helps to keep people updated and interested in what's going on in other parts of the organization. Um, we also have a, a podcast where basically once a month we release a half an hour interview with one of one colleague and some mix of what this person is doing at Lyme and what their personal life is like, which always is really nice to, to hear and just to get to know someone that you might not really work with that closely. Um, and yeah, I think those are most of the things that I, that I thought about on that. May I build on top of what Katya just said? Um, yeah, you mentioned like this, like newsletters that people share, like what's happening. And um, yes, I mean, regarding like this sense of belonging, uh, one thing that, uh, yeah, I, 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 I've been trying to do, but I'm not sure if I'm being successful. Is that like uh, I mean, I believe that we we need to put effort on like showing or selling um, the value or the impact of our like you know team members, because although they are working remotely, it's difficult for them to you know like uh, engage with something that they are not you know like physically present or, or you know like sharing some like experiences with with other or with other people and so at, at the office for example so i think this is uh, one way like to to feel that you belong to something bigger like to see like your impact and that although you are not at the office and you know perhaps you are working remotely like 100% of the time sometimes um you you, you matter you know, so per perhaps this is one thing. And uh, regarding collaboration, uh, which is uh, connected to, to Nadim's uh, like first point, let's say, uh, one, one initiative that I, I, I try to um, encourage very much, and sometimes perhaps I push too hard, is like uh, to uh, make the developers, I mean, I have a development team, right? So uh, do like pair programmings or more programmings. Uh, sometimes people feel like, okay, but perhaps I'm more productive alone. Yes, but perhaps your like final, like delivery will be better, like in a, like, I don't know, in pairs or, you know, like in, in groups, but also you have like a knowledge sharing and also like experience sharing. Sometimes there are time, uh, sometimes like there are room for you to have like, you know, like side chats about something else, about news, about, I don't know, about hobbies. So, I mean, it's kind of, it's work, you know, like pair programming, mod programming, it's work, but it's an opportunity for them to, to collaborate, let's say. And uh, thinking about like hybrid uh, work model, um, I, I think it's, again, like always assuming that uh, it will be like remote, uh, re using the remote setup. So one, perhaps someone is at the office, but perhaps someone is not. So, I mean, pair programming would work, for example, very well with like screen sharing, but sometimes you are both in the office. So uh, why not like just sit by one another and then, yeah, go together. So that's, uh, yeah, thanks for the space. So, so uh, what I'm hearing you say is that you use, you, kind of you try to communicate more about what's happening to kind of bridge that gap 
and or try to use tools to make sure that every all information is always available to everybody uh, in the team. Which of these which of these methods have you found to work the best in terms of uh, making sh sure that people feel part of a team or feel part of the bigger company or the larger company? Like which which method? Like, do you gauge that in any way? Like, is there any is there any of these tools that you know for sure works better than the other, or is it just kind of like a try a little bit of everything and then see? Yeah, I I, I am still trying things, but I think that uh, the the initiative that like work uh, works the most is like uh, during one on ones we we talk about it and I have like different approaches for different uh, people, I would say. There are people that, that are super confident and feel super productive, but they are disconnected somehow. But uh, on the other hand, I have people that they are not uh, like that confident on their own delivery, but they are feeling part of the of the team. So I need to have like different approaches for, for both of them, let's say. But uh, one thing is like uh, is a direct answer, which is that like information should be available all the time. So I mean, this is this is one thing uh, I I could describe like how I I try to make like information uh, available. But I think uh, the method is not like the case. The case is that like transparency also creates the sense of belonging. Like if you have access to things, you you feel that you are important enough and you belong there. So I think that's the the point. Perfect. So just yeah. to, oh, okay. uh, actually, I'll, I'll add something, uh, a build on this question here. Um, so uh, I'm also hearing you say that you, you also rely a lot on your tools to some extent. So is there any way um, that your tools feels limiting to you? Like I, like I remember in the beginning of COVID where, you know, like everybody had to get like on board with video conferencing and everybody was like getting used to it and, and slowly but surely you could start seeing some habits form because people found them to work. Uh, but is there any, any of these tools that feel limiting to you to create this cohesion in a hybrid work uh, environment? That's yeah. I must say, I'm thinking about the different tools that we're using and how far, like, I think a lot of them are limiting and in a sense that it it oftentimes doesn't feel as as good as if you would do it in person, to some degree at least. Like, you do have, have um, drawbacks on everything, I guess. Um, uh, I, I'm trying to come up with a concrete example, but I, I can't right now. Um, <laughs> so why don't we go to Danilo and then we can come back. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like uh, I feel limited by tools like all the time, to be honest, like, for example, virtual meetings. It's uh, it's a different like uh, look and feel, let's say, you know, when you are like, for example, in person, you know when to interrupt like politely, but sometimes like the connection's bad or you you take some time to unmute yourself and then your time is your timing is gone. So, I mean, this is just one example, but let's put a bit more complexity on that. Let's say that we have two people like working remotely and you have like 10 people in the room like it's messy like sometimes like the volume is not enough sometimes you can't hear like uh, they can hear you you can hear them like it's uh, it's it's not i mean certainly the tools <laughs> have a lot of room to to improve and, and unfortunately but at the same time as you said 
during like uh, yeah the pandemics and uh, uh, it's been like more than two years that we learned a lot as well. So I think like compared to what we had before, I think we can work like in a hybrid setup much better. But uh, indeed, there are there is much room for improvement. Yeah, I think one. Um, similar example to video conference of doing video conferences, you do have uh, quite a lot of conversations as well, where maybe not 10 people are sitting in the room, but a couple and a couple on the phone. Uh, and uh, one thing that I've noticed is that we oftentimes have uh, in a meeting room, one camera on like the top of the TV showing the whole table and and then like everyone remote on their own camera and you just don't see as much facial expression from everyone in the room um we've tried some meetings where basically uh, even though you're sitting together at the table and there's only one mic everyone is joining the meeting and has his like or her personal camera on but it's yeah it feels a little bit weird then to to all see all the other people that are sitting straight next to you. So like there's there are some funny moments in that. So like yeah, <laughs> haven't really found the optimal setup for that. We do that every morning, even though everybody's in the office. We all join, sat on our desk with our camera and microphone off, and we just all talk to each other this way. And I think the first couple of like months doing that, like this is so bizarre. Like, why don't we just go and sit in a room and talk to each other's faces? Like, why are we doing it like this? And I hadn't actually thought about how bizarre it was. Like, I've been here for a year now until you just said it again then. And I was like, we do that. Like, it's really weird. Um so I think, I don't even know, yeah, you just get used to it, I guess, but um, it is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I've heard similar cases where people try to enforce kind of like that everybody joins from their, you know, personal computer um, to equalize kind of uh, the experience for everybody. Uh, because sometimes also we've had the, the, the issue in the past where um, the people remote have a much harder time getting into the conversation um, when, when there's a room involved and the people in the room, they don't feel, they feel more distant to the people, as you say, uh, Danilo, like it's, it's hard to see the, the specific person talking and their, their facial expression. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if any of you have, have tried to, to, what kind of things you've tried to improve this, uh, like improve the kind of hybrid conferencing uh, setup? Yeah, like I said, the one thing that I think um, has worked the best, even though a little bit bizarre, is like actually sharing a room, sharing a table, and only one actually having a mic connected and like a big room um, conference mic connected and everyone else has their um, mic and volume turned off. And then you still have your own computer and you still join the conversation. So uh, everyone has like their face in, in the cam camera, but then um, yeah, you, you talk uh, over one, one mic basically. And yeah, it's a bit bizarre for the people in the room, but uh, it works in a way that um, you at least have those facial expressions uh, available. It's not optimal, but uh, it's inclusive, right? Yeah. I mean. yeah. 
Lovely. Just because I'm aware of time, um, Danilo, why don't we move on to your set of questions? Yes, of course, of course. I mean, one thing that I yeah uh, I often bump into is like um, people complaining about like having too many meetings. Like uh, it's common for you like to define like certain weekdays that it's like office days, but people like uh, tend to feel like unproductive because like a lot of like social interaction is booked for these days. So you have like office days that they, that are only like meeting days or, you know, like workshop days. And then you, you don't feel that you produce as much as you, you produce at, at home, for example. And, um, and then, and for that one, uh, trending topic, let's say, is uh, to implement like um, a synchronous communication, uh, especially for decision making. But uh, for me, it's a kind of new uh, subject. And um, I would like to, to know if you guys are trying something like this and how is it going? Or do you believe, do you see value on a synchronous communication? Uh, yeah, so... Uh... Uh, maybe not so much uh, on the communication um, level, but definitely on the on the work level. We've we've tried some asynchronous, you know, uh, kind of initiatives. So sometimes, you know, you can be very, especially in development, right? You can be very kind of like, hey, can you take a look at this? Um, can you review this? I would like to get your input on this. But one of the things that we've tried to implement is like questioning do we need to sit in the same do we need to sit in the same room and look at it together or can you set it my way i can give a review and then we can have a much shorter follow up meeting where i have had time to digest uh whatever it is that you worked on and then give you like like a, a short summary of my review and then talk about next steps immediately uh, instead of spending the time that it might take me to digest or look at something uh, and waste that double or triple or however many people are involved in that, in that task. Or uh... So that's one way we've tried to do it, like try to always be wary about trying to asynchronously review uh, our work. Yeah, I, I want to say to the point of um, being at the office and then having a lot of meetings, um, what... First and foremost, I would want to question how many meetings you actually need as a engineer. So we're driving towards at least like as as an engineer to have as little as possible or as few as possible meetings um, and have a lot in like, um, yeah, just one on one conversations in terms of like discussing something and moving on to something. And um, yeah, really, I, I think we don't have very much or a lot of um, recurring regular meetings that we like, yeah, where you really stuck in the meeting all day or something like that. That's typically not our engineering um, schedule. Um, uh, but on top of that, I think uh, like I said earlier, I do have mandatory office days and I have gotten that feedback from um, team members that they were going like, yeah, if I'm in the office that day, I won't be as productive. 
um, writing code. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that is okay. I, I am asking you to be in the office because we want to focus on other stuff than coding. Coding is a very important part of your job description, but it's not the only thing. And um, we can focus on the more socializing, team building, communication part when you're here. And I'm totally fine if you're not writing most of your code while you're at the office. Um, and the other thing in terms of making decisions, I would say um, try to keep the groups that make a decision as small as possible and empower the one who's or the ones who are best for those decisions. Like um, I think I, for instance, don't have to be included in in a lot of decisions. Like I uh, want my team to to feel, for instance, when we're doing a project, to do most of those decisions within that project team. Um, by themselves, and yeah, as long as the mo the relevant people are on the t in in the room or like talking to each other about it and coming up to, with the best solution for something, and that can be as as little as two or three people, then um, yeah, that is more than enough. Did he? Yeah. So um, I I think um, to add to that point, um, I, I agree with you. Like trying to not only limit who takes the, like the the amount of people taking the decision, but also maybe even um, getting rid of it entirely. Like, do you really need, um, like as a manager, for example, you need to review everything um, on your team or can how can you empower them? So asynchronously, <laughs> perhaps, how can you try to set up expectations for what should or how should things be reviewed or how should this task work and then as long as they have that those guidelines you know maybe they can do decisions themselves and you can then limit not only decision making or like uh, bottlenecking things but also the amount of meetings that you you, you need to uh, to have i think the other thing um speaking to your point here is i think there's also like an, a balance right um especially when you're working very cross-functionally across teams you can quickly end up with a lot of sync meetings and uh, like everybody likes being in person for for all kinds of meetings right but you can quickly end up with like stacking a lot of these sync meetings uh, my mondays used to look like nothing but sync meetings with different uh, like compositions and, and then this kind of stuff and it was terrible and they were just spaced just enough apart that you couldn't do anything meaningful within that time frame like you couldn't get down and get actually focused into anything so like your entire day just disappeared um so i would argue that one of the things that we started looking at um was maybe in our effort to save time sometimes we waste time uh because you end up like trying to make very small very like minimum viable groups of people who needs to sync so that you don't include people who are not necessarily interested in, in what you're syncing on, but then you end up just creating a lot of meetings where maybe 60% of the same people are reoccurring in each of these meetings, like changingly, right? So maybe it makes sense to just have fewer of those where you know upfront that maybe some of them will not be as interested in, in the majority of the, of the content, but it saves you two meetings 
So if you look at it almost on a graph, it's like how many people can be in a in a meeting where some of it will like how much how much needs to be relevant to everybody for the meeting to be for the meetings to need to be divided, right? To be split up into further meetings. But I think you should accept that maybe the relevance for each individual drops a little bit so you can reduce the amount of meetings that you have. So maybe like actually going away from asynchronous can sometimes also save time. So just like have one sync meeting and just like get rid of the rest, right? And then, you know, 60% of the room is interested in everything there is to say and the last 40% are only interested in half of it. But maybe that's fine that then they waste, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, but maybe the 60% of the meeting saves two hours. Uh, that day plus whatever redundancy in between those meetings are wasted as well so i think that's also a way that we've started to think about things um that maybe it's okay to waste time to save time in a way i'm on the same page Uh, i think we three shares the same um yeah same same opinion let's say but one one thing that i i'd like to bring back and it's actually something that you brought, uh, Nadine, which is like not the inclusion, because perhaps we are having that, or we are having focus on that at least, but it's the feeling of inclusion, which is that like, for example, one, uh, I don't know, challenge for this like um, asynchronous communication is that like, uh, we need to make a decision sometimes, but uh, then since it's kind of synchronous, it can have a deadline, but then, you know, like uh, sometimes you need more time for it and, and so, and uh, if you sit everyone in a, in a meeting room, perhaps, you know, it, it won't be meaningful, but then people, at, at least people will feel that they, they had like opportunities to say something. So my, my follow-up question is uh, about like this, you know, like, okay, we can reduce the amount of meetings or reduce the amount of, you know, sync time, but uh, when it comes to uh, reduce the amount of like people involved in decisions, I, I agree. But uh, how can we like promote this sense of belonging, this sense of, you know, like, um, um, yeah, like I, I think it's a matter of impact in the end of the day. But I mean, how can we make sure that they feel, our team feel um, I mean, yeah, that's uh, that's it. How they feel that their opinion has been taken into consideration since it's like asynchronous, since, you know, we have less people deciding things. I, that's the, the question. Confused question, yes, but that's the question. Indeed. Yeah, I can I can answer that as well, or at least I can give input on it. Um, I think I think it actually feeds a little bit together with, with with my point previously. It's another reason why, for example, we've merged some syncs because if you think about it, especially on something like sync meetings, there's often a a connection between the people you're trying to omit from a sync meetings uh, and their seniority. Let's say. Uh, often you try to not include them because maybe you want a meeting between managers or something like that, and you know it's not relevant for them because they don't they don't necessarily it's not necessarily something that's on their uh, shoulders or anything that's for them to decide. But then maybe including the same people in that sync anyway and having one big sync, so to speak, 
um, or just fewer. It also, at least for one, it inf- it helps keep them up to date on some of the higher level stuff that's going on. You know, what are the strategic uh, considerations that's happening, maybe, or um, or stuff like this. And it also makes it makes them feel included, and they are allowed to ask questions. And it also makes them feel like they then have a say. I mean, but 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 as managers, you you have every right to then you know say. This point is, I've heard your point, but this point does not make sense for, for what we're doing right now or whatever. So so it's not like just because they have a say doesn't, or like an opportunity to say anything means that they need to, you need to take it into account or like you need to then do it. Uh, but I think it, it even though it might be wasting their time, it feels very much like, to them, it feels very much like they're included. Um, and it reduces some needs for sync i think where it where it wastes the most or the most valuable time might actually be for uh superiors right like they might not need to spend that amount of time and hear all the details for some of the the people uh, who are who are more hands-on but maybe sometimes that's healthy you know like to to get a bit of insight that way but i i think that that actually those two things actually work together like having more grouped sync meetings and having people feel like they're heard uh, and that they are that they understand uh the what's it called you know the the link up between what are they working on right now and what are kind of the you know the the overall strategies and 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 direction we're trying to move in and how does their work feed into that um, i think that could solve a lot of those issues that's yeah uh yeah so um, one thing that I thought about when you were describing this uh, was like um, when it comes to our projects that we are doing, uh, I very much pay attention to when I staff them to have like a mixed level of experience in them. And um, I'm very much encouraging our more senior people to very much include more junior ones in design discussions and design sessions so like even they might not be able to contribute that much to the uh, discussion they they can learn from the discussion and definitely um, feel as part of that project team and feel like they're they have the chance to voice their opinion if that's uh, if it's needed and I think the other very important part to that is to not just come to a decision but be able to explain a decision like why is this the best option for us and why is option b or c is not the right option for us and i i tend to over explain myself also when 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 it comes to group decisions or like decisions i take as a manager for my group uh and like i want to make sure i be as i'm as transparent as possible to show why i think this is a the best way for for us forward. Perfect. Danilo, do you have any other points just before we move on to Katia's question? No, actually, I don't I don't have uh, any more points, but I, I really uh, hear uh, you guys and uh, it, it really makes sense. I, I love to hearing you guys about that. Lovely. So Katia, last but by no means least, would you like to yeah. introduce your question? Absolutely. So um, what I've been wondering is, um, 
on more of a networking level, especially for people that aren't that often at the office. I can see that they're they're having a really good connection to team members, but not necessarily a lot of connections outside of the team. And networking happens for the most part at the office when you run into someone at the coffee machine in the kitchen or during lunch or whatnot. Um, so what I've been asking myself for, for a while is like, A, independently of where you work, how important is it for me as a manager to to push that kind of networking um yeah ability and yeah to my reports um and how can we embrace that kind of networking um even in a remote space Nadeep? uh sure um yeah, I think I think it's also one of the things that I'd really like to understand or get some inspiration on. Um, but I think one of the things that we have been working on are we have two we have two initiatives that comes to mind. Uh, one uh, very low hanging fruit, so to speak, is um, is trying to find a common ground that is not domain specific right or group specific or however you want to describe it uh one obvious one that has been very easy actually for us especially also like during lockdowns and stuff like that is actually uh to socialize around gaming um and that has been a cross-company thing uh so we we did like some occasional events where we did some uh some some games um and of course, if it becomes a wider company thing, we try to pick games that are more accessible for uh, for for all like levels of of experience with with games in general. Like so, uh, Jackbox Party Pack kind of thing, you know, party games where everybody can attend and enjoy it. Uh, most recently, we tried a virtual escape room, which was also very interesting, where we did like. We got split into teams that was then arranged in like split out groups in a, in a video call. Uh, that was actually super interesting. And, and people talked about it the, the following days. Um, but also like more like on a smaller level, we've also just had like weekly events. I think we had um, Worms Wednesdays where we uh, would get together and play Worms. And then because it's a, a recurring thing, um, it was easier for people to opt in because, you know, that from time to time, you know, some people have time that week, some people have time the other week, but because it's a recurring thing, people know to expect it and, and can jump in in that sense. So that has worked uh, to, to, some, uh, to some success. Of course, there's always some people you don't um, that you don't you don't get to because it's not necessarily their interest, but it's definitely if you try to generalize trying to find a common ground that is uh that transitions um domains that is remote friendly i think that's that's one way of doing it the other is that we have uh in dev of course uh, most of our devs uh, or like a it's mostly the our developers who are in a in a hybrid kind of environment uh, but we do also have some some support teams that are that sits in different uh, continents, uh, so hybrid in a different way, but we do have a lot of remote uh, developers. 
Um, and what we do is in, in dev, we have these uh, side projects initiative where we spend a fraction of our time on, on building something that is maybe outside of a current uh, product roadmap or track or something that's just something interesting to us that we can grow and learn from. And then we have um, periodic, we call them uh, show and tell or tech talks, where we then people sign up to talk about their uh, their project. Uh, it For one, it, it increases visibility of the people, especially the remote people. This is a great opportunity for them to gain visibility even cross team. I mean, I work in hardware, but a lot of the others are software developers, right? But we also have some people from design and product design teams. Um, so visibility, but also a venue where you can show work, but kind of informal in a way and talk about that in, in, in detail. Um, and we always do it like Friday afternoon. So you can always like there's room for it to drag out and turn into like a, a virtual um, Friday bar kind of thing. Um, that has also been really nice where it's more domain specific. Um, yeah. And there's also room then for like cross collaboration. You could do a side project that like, you know, uh, groups or works across teams. That's also very interesting. Uh, Danilo, uh, Danilo, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, one, I, I wouldn't say it's a strategy, but one thing that I try uh, to do is to like sell the idea of like um, you you need to expand your impact throughout the organization, you know. So then, what I encourage them to to like uh, to do is like, for example, ask for feedback. But I mean, it, uh, let's imagine um, internal clients. So imagine that is someone from finance, from someone from customer support, someone from you know, like different departments. Let's say, and it's like uh, it's you know part of your job, but at the same time an opportunity for networking. But then it gets scary. It, it getting it. Sorry, it gets scary. Because, I mean, asking for feedback, like feedback is scary, right? But then, I mean, we explain that it's not, it's not for you to, you know, ask about yourself, but ask about the delivery, ask about the problem, try to understand it better, like be curious, you know, understand the context. I mean, it's your time to shine, let's say. So what I, I do as well is encourage them to present the things that we develop. So, for example, we gather like who, who are the reporters? So, I mean, I encourage them also to go there and, for example, clarify requirements, but at the same time, I can be there to boost their confidence and we, when they are, you know, like presenting, it's their time to see like not only the, the value, but also receive the feedback, like immediate feedback. And then perhaps, as you, you said, like Katya, this is the first step for them to, you know, meet in front of the coffee machine and then they have a, 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 like... A, they spark like the connection to start talking about something because for example i'm super introspective i'm shy i wouldn't start a conversation you know but sometimes you have like why starting uh, to start a conversation so yeah i mean that's i wouldn't say it's a strategy but it's it's uh, working i would say i, I can see that working nowadays lovely and just because i'm aware of um time and nadim can we move on move back yeah go on then sorry i just you're on mute. Yes, sorry. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll I'll make it uh, I'll make it short. 
Uh, yeah, so just just to also touch on your point on how much you have a stake in that as a manager, I would say I would say that it, it's you can't expect this to come uh, completely from uh, your reports because it's just uh, sometimes I've experienced you know like they they are not sure that they are allowed to you know like it's encouraged or it's like is that what we're doing. Uh, sometimes they might expect it from elsewhere, uh, some of these social events, and then they're kind of like, you know, it can either grow to a kind of a, if not addressed, I, I feel like it can kind of grow to to a point where they are tired that there are no social events because they expect them to come from elsewhere or, um, yeah, or, or feel sad that there are not, you know, there's no social stuff going on or they're not, you know, bonding with their teammates and stuff like that. So I think as a manager, I've experienced that you both need to try to drive some of these initiatives, at least to some extent, but also very highly encourage your team to drive some of these and very, make it very clear that the responsibility to do social or create a social environment also relies on the individual um, and then encourage them, you know, like you can encourage them through their their hobbies. One of the things I did with one of my direct reports was he was very much into board games. Um, and after COVID, we had kind of like a board game club that has kind of died, uh, you know, because everybody was so used to being home. So I have very much encouraged him, like, why don't you try to host the next board game night? Why don't you try to plan and come up with some suggestions of the games that we can play, put up a post on Slack or whatever, you know, so he also feels like he's contributing to the, the social cohesion. So, and he would, uh, that worked really well. Um, Lovely. And then just because you've got a few minutes left, um, Katia, any last thoughts? Anybody? Yeah, no, I, I think that those are really nice insights. Um, really cool ideas. So some of it actually we do as well, or similarly to, um, Nadine, what you were saying with the show and tells, we have um, cycle demos, what we call it. So less about side projects and more about our uh, real projects that we're doing. Uh, but doing our cycles, we basically have a Friday afternoon, one hour session where everyone gets to present the process that they've been doing in that last week. Um, and that is for the whole department and also a possibility to, to shine and to show off your your progress right so i i really like those meetings um and seeing yeah people show what they what they managed the last week uh but yeah thanks a lot for those insights there were some really good ideas perfect well thank you so much for taking part i've really enjoyed listening to all of your points um it's been very interesting to see how all different organizations kind of encourage everybody via different ways and um, i hope everybody's enjoyed listening thank you so much